Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're talking again about motivation. Last time on the podcast, we talked about motivation in terms of work. Motivation starts from the very earliest days when a child's in the classroom, in that this is our routine. We come to school every day, and you get to decide how we're going to spend our time. If you are going to spend the time mastering five skills over the course of the morning, a button frame and pouring and hand washing and cleaning up every drip of this spill, and perhaps even some chalkboard, fantastic. If you are going to spend your time mastering one skill, scrubbing this table all morning, fantastic. When no one is telling you what to do, the motivation has to come from within. And it does come from within because this is a mixed age environment. And the 30 other people around you are all working diligently and it's inspiring. And so we are in this place where there's positive peer pressure. Well, they're doing that. I want to be good at that. I want to do that someday. Okay, in order to do that, we need to do this, this, and this. What are you going to start with? Oh, I know you want to work with writing with a pen. Unfortunately, we need to be really, really good with writing with pencils first. And in order to be good at pencils, we need to be really good at chalkboards. Perhaps you'd like to go pick a sandpaper letter to trace and trace and trace and write on the chalkboard until you think you're ready to use a pencil. But it's still evaluated with the child. Nobody's saying, you have to do this. Nobody's saying, no, you may not write with a pen. You're not ready for that. Your handwriting isn't good enough. They're saying, well, we can get there. Absolutely. Sounds like you'd like to practice with a pencil and with chalkboard and with tracing a little bit first. The child is in charge of when we move forward and their development dictates what we do and how quickly we move forward. And sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's even without their awareness. They don't realize how much they've mastered and where we're moving forward. And sometimes it's overt. A child gets to an age where that drive kicks in. I want to be good at this. My friend is good at this. I want to be good at this too. Or I'm struggling with this, but I really want to have mastered this. Or I want to do what comes next. Nobody is going to make you sit in that chair and trace that letter a hundred times. You are going to choose to sit in that chair and trace that letter a hundred times because your developmental needs are met, because you have choices, and every choice is a real choice. If you choose to work with language or with math or with maps or whatever you choose, that is an option for you. Nobody's going to tell you you've spent enough time working on this. They might encourage you to spend a little more time working on areas that we tend to avoid because as humans, we seek pleasure and we avoid pain. And sometimes if we pretend something doesn't exist, then we don't have to work on it. And as adults, it's our responsibility to encourage work in all areas, not just our favorites. But sometimes a child looks down the shelf 
because the shelves are laid out kind of as a road map to their progress and they look down the shelf and they want to do something that they've seen a friend work with or maybe it's so big they've never seen anyone work with or maybe it's a brand new work and they've not seen it before they want to do that and how do we get there from here and sometimes they work along that path by themselves but when you make a spill and you're the one who's going to clean it up. You don't walk away because why would I walk away from a spill? That's not what we do here. And a friend could fall. And when you set out to finish the long seven chain and get a little tired in the middle, maybe you need to take a break for a snack or to use the restroom, but you come back and you finish it. Or you don't know what you want to do. The work you were going to do is not available. Somebody has it out and who knows when it's going to be back on the shelf. This is motivation. These are skills we want in our children because we want them in ourselves and we want them in our peers, we want them in our colleagues, and we want them in tomorrow's leaders. Motivation, a self-starter, accountability, strong work ethic, finding what is exciting even in something that might not be your favorite Writing your own word problems when reading is more of your favorite than math. Writing your friend's name over and over and over when you've grown tired of your penmanship skills. Finding ways to make what is today's challenge enticing. And working through something when that's simply what we do. That's what we do here. It's okay for every moment not to be absolutely thrilling, because that's part of life. There will absolutely be those moments. If we looked at a map of our lives, like a road map, there would be those milestones. There would be those side trips that were absolutely exciting. But a lot of it, it's just about a five. Just meandering our way forward, learning things, falling back, succeeding, staying humble, learning something new but always just moving forward. This is just what we do. We work hard, we learn things, we stumble, we get up again. And that's daily life in the classroom. Often, there's a point in a child's time in the classroom where they overtly are cognizant of the fact that no one's going to make me. This has always been true. This has been true from their earliest days. You can come into this classroom and I am going to show you things over and over again and I'm going to try and find out what makes you tick, what makes you so overjoyed. If you don't want to do new vocabulary with me, we'll try flowers and we'll try different types of dolls and we'll try dinosaurs and we'll try types of vehicles until we find what makes the connection. And then once we've made that connection, we have a relationship and the trust starts to build. And that way when we move forward and when we're trying easy things, things that come naturally to you, and I know you're going to love this presentation and you're going to take to it like a fish to water, wonderful, that relationship is built. And when I know I'm going to show you something that is important, it's important to know things even if it might not come naturally. Or that I know this is something that you struggle with or this might not be your favorite, anything that's even slightly negative, that relationship and trust are there. 
And I know you can do this. I wouldn't show you this unless you were ready for it, unless you were capable of it. And you're ready for this to be added to your toolbox of choices. You're ready for this material. This has always been true for this child. They are in charge of choosing to cooperate. They are in charge of choosing their work. They are in charge of choosing to adhere to the rules of the classroom, of walking to make this a safe place for everyone, not taking somebody's work for them. If there's two people at the snack table, it's not available right now. They're choosing to adhere to these group norms, these collective rules we've all agreed to, but they're not really aware of that choice. And often, over the course of time, a child realizes how truly they're in charge of their own selves. And it's almost like you can see the gears turning, where you see a child that perhaps has suddenly become unmotivated. And you say, what do you want to work on today? Nothing. And it's not that nothing's available to them. It's not that they've not had exciting new presentations or opportunities to work with somebody or new challenges given to them. All the tools are there, but something is lingering. It's like they're asking, what are you going to do about it? I'm not going to do anything. What are you going to do about it? Or perhaps minor acting out. And acting out in a Montessori classroom is typically very, very minor. Of you know something even as subtle as perhaps knocking something off your table and pretending you don't notice it. Or not cleaning up all of your spill and pretending it's not there. Or not doing your best work in folding the napkins. This doesn't happen with every child. It doesn't happen every day. But it's a very natural thing to see of testing. I've always had a choice. Now I'm aware of that choice. And so, what are you going to do about it? What are the limits of the environment? What are my friends willing to put up with? And are you going to make me, as the adults in the classroom, are you going to make me do this? And sometimes when we realize a child is making these connections, that they have a choice, that they have an impact on their classroom, on their classmates, on their environment, and on the world at large, and they get to be in charge of that tone, of that conversation, sometimes it means they're ready to have that conversation. Just say something along the lines of, you know, I'm not going to make you choose your work. You're right. Sitting in the thinking chair is a choice. You get to decide. I wouldn't have very much fun just sitting all day. And certain things aren't a choice, such as interrupting your friend. If you're sitting in the thinking chair, it is going to get boring. And that's a strong motivator. Again, we're back to motivation. That's a strong motivator for taking out a work. There are certain things you're not allowed to do. And we don't need to point these out to a child of disrupting your friends or alleviating your boredom by pulling somebody else into your minor misbehavior. Instead, we we just have a conversation. That is a choice. 
I would get bored. So if that's the choice you're making, that's fine. Nobody's going to make you take out a work. You are the only one in charge of choosing your work. And the novelty wears off. And once you realize how fully you are in charge of your own day, of your time, of your learning, of course the materials are captivating again. Of course that internal desire to seek out new challenges, to try those things you've been avoiding, to dump yourself fully into the work that you've barely dipped your toe into. Of course it's there because nobody is making me. I am in charge. I get to make my own choices. I get to determine how I will spend my day and if it's going to be full of boredom or if it's going to be full of joy and new learning and challenges and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. We'll see this also like those examples of perhaps knocking your pencil to the floor or perhaps not cleaning up your whole spill. Sometimes, again, we need to pull that child into the fold of honoring that awareness that they are showing. You're right, you know, no one's going to make you do that. But you have a good heart. And it seems to me that it doesn't make you feel very comfortable when you do the wrong thing. Someone will need to clean up a spill. And I hope it's the person who made the spill. But you are the only person who can be in charge of making you do anything. I can't make you do anything. You are in charge of your own self. And once you realize this, not only that you are in charge of your own self, but also that those around you and those who have the potential to have authority over you respect that in you, it rekindles that fire of motivation Nobody's making you do anything, so why not be cooperative? If there's no pushback, if there's nothing to rebel against, it's just more comfortable to live within this community according to these community rules. There's so many ways we're fostering this internal drive to, to succeed, to seek out new challenges, to find what piques our interest in things that might not be as appealing on the surface, or to live fully into our strengths and dive deeply and find higher levels of challenge and not be satisfied with yesterday's success. Where are we going to go tomorrow? And to live fully into our community, into the goodness that each of us has within us, of willing the good in one another, in caring for others as deeply as we want to be cared for, of living with respect and mutual admiration, and perhaps about a little bit of positive peer pressure within these communities. All of these subtly, indirectly, are preparing a child for lifelong learning, for strong work skills, when they're ready to enter the workforce and make a contribution to their community and to society, strong leadership, and forming a future where they won't settle, where they know they are the only one in charge of their own selves, 
and when they're constantly pushing themselves to look more deeply and to search more highly. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondack, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondack.org. Until next time.